What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Young Nodge. And it's your girl, Mighty Merc. Greetings, fellow humans, to another episode of Adult-ish by YR Media. Pew, pew, pew. I'm getting in the zone because today's episode is all about nerd-ish. Do you even nerd, bro? Uh, I mean, about certain things. It kind of depends. Uh, okay, like like how I'll nerd out over Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts or Pentel Energel Metal Tip Pens. Mm, check my Twitter if you don't believe me on that one. Uh. I mean, I don't really know about that, but I do nerd <laughs> out about like rap beefs and stuff. Like Ooh. there's these YouTubers that break down the rap beefs and like talk about like the syllables per minutes and stuff like that. Uh -huh. I don't know. That's kind of just my little thing. Okay. Well, how about we tell our friends who we're about to get down and nerdy with? Okay, okay. First, we're going to geek out with the queen of DIY projects, Woo! YouTube sensation, Lord DIY. After that, George Lindeborg Jr. from the upcoming Transformers movie Bumblebee is gonna take part in a little Marvel vs. DC debate between Nige and I. Then we got a little treat for you guys. We're gonna holla at Ryan Elder, the music composer for Rick and Morty. He's gonna tell us the backstories behind some of your favorite songs from the show, like how the online Adult Swim Rick and Morty game inspired the song that saved the human race on Season 2, Episode 5. In the game, you could kind of control Morty and you go around and you go into Summer's bedroom and you find her iPod. And on her iPod, there are three songs, one of which is Get Swifty. And uh, the writers just love these crazy songs. So they're like, let's make a whole episode around these crazy songs. Yo, my nerdy mind was blown when I heard that. <laughs> and to be honest, I haven't even watched season two. What? Oh my gosh. Well, um, you know what? We'll be watching it together if I ever see you in the flesh again. I'm so down. Okay, well, as Ira Glass says, let's get into act one of our show. Uh, who's Ira Glass? You kidding me? What are you talking about? You don't know who Ira Glass I is. I don't know who Ira Glass is. I wouldn't say he's like God, but he's uh, definitely a, a, a big pioneer. <laughs> my room, tis barren. What? <laughs> my room, it's naked. Why'd you say it was naked then, bro? Like, what does tis barren mean? Because <laughs> I've been reading Shakespeare and I've got this vibe going on, okay? Uh, that's not the point, but I just, my room, it just doesn't feel as homey as I want it to feel. Do y'all feel homey? Oh my God. What's up with it? Like, you don't have any pictures up? No, I only have like one, but hey, you know what? I should get some slack because your girl is putting the new in New York City um, and uh, I'm still getting adjusted and your girl's cheap, so you know. <laughs> well, my room, on the other hand, is dope as heck. Like I got skateboards on the wall and graffiti everywhere. Mm. Like I even invited a bunch of my homies over, laid down a tarp, and we Ooh. just splash paint on the walls. Like I guess you can call me a young Van Gogh. Minus the whole ear cutting thing. No, I got that too. I just be wearing beanies sometimes. <laughs> oh, yikes. Okay, well, <laughs> well, that sounds cool, but uh, how does that help me? Oh, it doesn't, like, at all. <laughs> but I do know someone who can make your room pretty fly. I mean, as long as you DIY. Is that supposed to be an anic joke? Actually, yes. My first anic joke on the podcast. <laughs> I feel very bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get used to it. Live from LA, we got someone phenomenal. Do-it-yourself YouTuber, Lore DIY. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. She's a dope vlogger with over 18 million fans and followers and covers stuff from fashion, fitness, and life hacks and home decor. 
Her real name is Lauren Rihimaki, a.k.a. DIY Queen. She's also got an awesome DIY slash craft kit that's available in stores now. So first off, we want to know, were you a DIY nerd your whole life? Oh my gosh, yes. I I <laughs> like I think it might have be like cuz I grew up as an only child or you know like like okay, no, I wasn't a loner. Like I totally had friends. <laughs> but, you know, I also spent a lot of time in our craft closet and I, you know, I went through all the DIY kits from, you know, like the 1990 early 1990s or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I was such a DIYer and like bless my parents, they still have all of like my real professional DIY crafts when I was giving gifts and stuff when I was like 8. So were your parents like that too? Like you said a DIY closet. A DIY closet is like not even existent in my life. Like my parents, (laughs) we've never had a craft closet? (laughs) Yeah, we've never had a craft closet like ever in the Turner household. That's so funny. Um, I, I mean, I think they just, like, took a closet and booted out some of my dad's clothes and, like, let me put all my craft <laughs> supplies in there. No clothes for dad. Yeah, I know. I know. Bless my parents. <laughs> so when did you realize you could make a living doing this kind of thing? I mean, I kind of fell into it by accident. So I was um, studying just, like, a super boring program um, in Toronto when I was in university. Mm. And I just started a blog kind of just as, you know, a creative outlet, something to do on the weekends. And um, eventually transitioned to a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And as they started growing, you know, I would get an email being like, oh, you can monetize your content. Mm, And so I had no idea that people were making money off of YouTube at the time. So it was kind of something that just ended up working really well in my favor. Yeah, (laughs) very well. (laughs) What was your first YouTube video like? bad like it was so <laughs> bad super cringe so awkward so cringe like like the <laughs> most cringe you just like i literally look petrified i just your body just like freaks out and doesn't know what to do it's like ah, it right. goes into rigor mortis but you're not actually dead yeah literally <laughs> hopefully not uh i'm curious what were you studying um it was a whole program around the printing industry so mm-hmm. i was literally writing like 20 page essays on Ew. like the density of ink the stretchiness <laughs> of paper it was crazy mm-hmm. what was your first big diy project like ever so uh i don't know if you guys watched spongebob but when i was like come on girl yes yeah i watched the, i watched SpongeBob. okay good 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 <laughs> I just just checking just checking just you know feeling it out um when i was like 10 i made my parents this entire bikini bottom city <gasps> oh. oh my gosh yeah and so like it was like the pineapple and it was squidward's house yeah. and it was patrick's rock and it was like it was ridiculous i'm so sad they didn't keep it but oh. i i mean i get it i totally get it oh my gosh dreams do come true well that that is hashtag goals right there, which is kind of perfect for what we're about to go into. But before we do that, do you think it's safe to say that you geek out about all of your DIY projects? I mean, for the most part, if there's something that I like don't geek out over or like I'm not super proud of, I definitely just like won't share. I'll just be like, man, this didn't happen. I'm just gonna <laughs> kind of not share that with the world yet. <laughs> so for the most part, everything that I do put out is something that I'm like, okay, sweet, like this looks sick. I killed it. Like people, I think will really like this. Nice because. That's a big part of the reason why we have you here for a segment we like to call Goals. <laughs> <laughs> this is a segment where we find an expert to help us reach our hashtag goals. And you're here to help us with our hashtag DIY goals. Sweet. But wait, there's more. Oh, no. 
We're going to go into double geek mode and also have you help us reach our hashtag social media goals. All right. Can you handle all this pressure? I mean, my hands are a little clammy, but let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) So going back to my naked room problem, I really don't have any photos of my loved ones from back home. I've got plenty on my phone, but only one that's actually in my room. So Mm. what are a couple cheap and crafty ways for me to go a little photo cray without getting on my landlord's nerves? Ooh, okay, so one of my favorite, like, photo display DIYs that I've ever done are, and, like, I don't know if you're about the twinkle light vibe. Oh, mm-hmm. I love them. You're, yeah, okay, you're into twinkle lights. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so I just, like, order one of those strands for, like, 15 bucks off Amazon and then get cute little clips uh-huh. and then just, you know, get some photos printed or I don't know if you do Polaroids and stuff, and then mm. I just hang my photos on my twinkle lights. Oh, is there a sp- certain spot you go to to get your photos printed? For, like, an inexpensive price? Pharmacies and Costco and stuff do photos printed for really cheap. Mm, okay. I do have that. Yeah. yeah I, even uh, Walgreens has, like, a, a app that yeah. I, I used one time in my DIY. One time. <laughs> <laughs> but I just hopped on the app and it was just, like, I picked the photos out my camera roll or whatever. And then they just had them printed. Yeah, they make it so easy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Note to sell. <laughs> so my question is, when you know when you live on your own for the first time, it's, like, all these things that you just didn't ever know you needed like those weird things that just go on shelves like why do I need wallpaper for the bottom of my (laughs) shelf so what are some like (laughs) what are some quick like DIY tips on you know like for your new place like what can you use oh man what can you use um I mean mason jars Mm. are like the easiest trendiest DIY you can put literally anything in a mason jar and it makes it look cooler Mm. so like at one point (laughs) when I didn't have a cutlery tray I just put all my forks and knives in a mason jar and like you know like pencil (laughs) holders or your toothbrush you can literally put anything in a mason jar and it looks cool and people are like oh cool she's so trendy yeah yeah you're like oh I'm gonna hit (laughs) it with my mason jar and it's a really good way to like still see what's in there but also hold your stuff yeah and mason jars are so easy to diy like they're super paintable Mm. you can tie a ribbon around it you can do washi tape um put stickers on it you can literally do anything with them and they always look cute can you describe washi tape for people who don't know what it is oh yeah i literally just explained i had a guy friend who was like (laughs) tell me what a wushu tape is and i was like oh 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 oh, what oh what come again Um, that was my next question actually really okay awesome so washi tape is basically like a decorative tape and it's not as sticky as like a scotch or a duct tape. Mm. Um, I guess it'd be comparable to maybe like a masking tape but with a really cute pattern on it. And it's a tiny bit transparent. And it's spelled like wash with an I. Yeah, yeah, wash with an I on the end of it. Do you think mason jars will ever like go out of trend? Like when do you think like people, everybody will be like, oh yeah, no, you're still on mason jars, bro. <laughs> Get out of that. I mean, I just bought a chandelier with mason jars on it, so what? hopefully not anytime soon. <laughs> Whoa, that's lit. Literally. Yeah. You bought it, you didn't do it yourself? <laughs> oh man, I mean, that's like electrician stuff. Like I'm not trying to mess around with that. That's like too much. That's too much. <laughs> do not DIY. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I feel like they've been trendy for so long now. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, all trends die, so who knows? But they're just so functional that I feel like even if they did go out of style I still have them as like drinking cups and decor and now the chandelier that they'd probably just I'd probably just end up sticking around with it <laughs> so you've got over 8 million followers on YouTube what are some tips on making a channel that people will actually watch 
I mean, I think the first thing is just being yourself. I know that sounds so cheesy and that's like one of the most popular tips, but it truly is such a personality driven website. So it's like Mm -hmm. when I look at my DIY videos where I was just like making a piece of wall decor versus a video now where I try and bring as much of my personality to it. It's such a different connection and engagement with your audience. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important because like I watch people who I like, I don't care what they're talking about, but I just love their personality so much <laughs> that I'll watch anything they put out. What about for when you're um, you're new to being in front of the camera? Like you've got being yourself down, but you're still kind of camera shy. Uh, I feel like new YouTubers like we got to give them more credit because it takes a long time to kind of break out of that shell. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just, you know, thinking about how you're doing something you love, you can practice in the mirror and it feels so silly, but it's just like having a regular conversation except for it's uh, a little bit delayed on the response. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. So moving on with our hashtag social media goals, We know that each social media platform has its own advantages. Insta is to show that your filter game is on point. Facebook is to tell grandma (laughs) that she's still looking cute, okay? And, um, yeah, so what platform would you say is the one we all need to be on to really feel connected to each other digitally? I really do think there's pros and cons to every platform, and they kind of all serve different purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say Twitter and Instagram are kind of tied for me. Twitter, I think, is more of like a conversation you know what I mean it's like you tweet something out and people reply and you can reply back to them and I think that's more of an actual dialogue whereas Instagram you know has kind of gotten a reputation for uh, pictures looking really perfect and pretty and I think Mm -hmm. that's more of like an art space versus Mm -hmm. um, like a conversation Mm -hmm. it's like Twitter you're just like so much more connected with people too yeah totally I know I feel the same way and like Twitter it's like like this morning I tweeted about how like my dog threw up at 6am like happy Monday you know what I mean it's like that's not going on my Instagram so sorry (laughs) With a filter over it, like Valencia over the throw. Yeah, Mayfair. (laughs) X-Pro (laughs) 2. So, if you don't exist on social media but want to get in the game, what do you eat? Like, where do you even begin to, like, gain followers? Honestly, I'm not going to lie. It's hard now just that so many people are trying to get into the space. It's really oversaturated. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's just, like, you know, finding what you want to do, what you're passionate about, what, you know, you're happy making content about. And you Mm -hmm. really have to be like, okay, like, if no one watches this, what will I still have fun doing? Mm -hmm. And um, it's doing that and building a brand for yourself, making everything cohesive. And it takes a little bit, obviously, to kind of get in the groove of all that. But... Um, it's also, you know, choosing a name that makes sense. Like, it's it's always so funny looking back at the people who started 10 years ago when they didn't realize that this would be such, like, a big company for them. And they're like, makeup lover, XO, like, 46XXX. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the people who, like, just were making fun things, you know, and it was just all fun and games back then. But now it's, you know, right. become more of a business. So now people are more conscious of the name that they choose as their online identity. Hmm. Yeah, there's like this infamous, mysterious world of verification. You have a you have a blue check and like I do. Yeah. A lot of people wonder how you get those. Like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Like, the, do they just like email you one good time or like? Man, honestly, it just shows up. It what? literally. I just woke up one day and I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm verified on Insta. <laughs> oh like, gosh. it really just 
showed up. It just pops up? Yeah. Well, for me, it popped up. So, like, I didn't submit myself for anything. So, now I know yeah. that there's, like, a submission situation because um, I got my dog verified. <laughs> mm. <laughs> throw up puppy. I know. It's so ridiculous. So, yeah. Throw up puppy. Exactly. <laughs> at throw up puppy. Go follow. Um, no, but I got him verified. And so, like, I just submitted him and because he's got a large following and, you know, he's, like, done some brand deals and stuff. Um, yeah. But there was always the rumor um, based on what I know. I don't know if this is, like, 100% correct. But it was once you have something uh, substantial that's like published Mm -hmm. so um, after I got verified it was kind of around the time that I did a segment on the Today Show so that might have had something Mm. to do with it yeah so it was you know it's like a weird world that no one really super knows anything about unless you work at Insta (laughs) I mean I'm not gonna lie like there's definitely some some perks like so on Twitter especially there's a different tab so it's like you have your interactions and your mentions and you have a Mm -hmm. verified tab so you can see the interactions so like if uh if someone verified were to like my tweet, whether I follow them or not, it would show up there. Oh, it just pops up like, oh, your fellow verified person that person. matters in the yeah, world. Fe- yeah, your fellow <laughs> verified buddy has liked your tweet. <laughs> the worthy ones. Davey, submit us. <laughs> Do you have like a um video warm up routine or something like that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know like some Sharpay and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what Nigel and I do. Yeah. <laughs> Or like a, a, a food that you eat. Like I always eat goldfish before I do my videos. No, I mean, I probably should. I feel like that's like the move. I've been I've been messing up. <laughs> no, I mean, like I usually have like an iced coffee. I've got my phone. Like my dog is good. Like I've got everything set up. I kind of just like mm-hmm. do like a checklist of like to do things. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're good. Like no one's coming to my house right now. My <laughs> phone's on silent and go. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Well, Lauren, our rooms and our social media accounts are going to look, fingers crossed, popping after this. Fingers crossed. I think you got it. Check out Lauren's amazing YouTube channel at LoreDIY and her crafting kits on her website at LoreDIY.com. Hey, Nige, you know what we haven't done in a while? Uh, gotten our paychecks? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still <laughs> waiting for that. Yeah, but um, that's not what I was going to say. What's up? I was going to mention that we haven't done our agree to disagree segment in like five ever. You trying to start one right now? Uh, well, I got one in mind, but are you ready to lose again? Uh, again? First of all, I for surely beat you the first time. And if you really <laughs> want to measure things out, go to Twitter, look at the poll. I clearly won. Shout out to everybody who voted. Hashtag no subtitles. Thanks for voting for Whatever, dude. <laughs> What's the topic, though? Marvel versus DC. Oh, that's easy, bro. Marvel's off tops, bro. Wait, so you're not even going to give DC the light of day? Uh, the heck freaking no. Like, doesn't DC stand for, like, dark comics or something like that anyway? No, it stands for detective comics. And if you did your research, you would know. Oh, wait, I'm the one who knows. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're a little bit too prepared for this argument. But, I mean, let me go. Get some outside help and then get back to you because I am for Shelly not going to lose. While you do that, though, I'm going to introduce our next guest. Is that cool? Let's do it. All right. Today's Mama I Made It guest is George Lindeberg Jr., a fellow 22-year-old. Earlier this year, you saw him in Love, Simon, the teen dramedy based off of the young adult novel Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda by Becky Albertalli. He's in a lot more stuff, but we'll get to that in just a second. George, thanks for showing up to the adult-ish house. Thanks for having me.
So juice for you to be here. <laughs> um, good. All right, Marvel or DC? She's tripping for thinking DC's better, right? Hey. Oh man, look, I remember seeing Tobey Maguire be Spider-Man, and that was like the end-all, be-all. That was like the coolest <laughs> shit I ever seen. So exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm to go Marvel. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, I knew I liked you as soon as you dropped on here. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> that DC was cool. DC came before Marvel. DC was like the OG number one pioneer into superhero comics. Okay. Charles Barkley played basketball before LeBron James. Who's better? LeBron no, James. No, that's not related, bro. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's dollars. basically what you're saying. You're right, saying, exactly. Well, these yeah. people did this first. I don't know, I know. People do it better. Man, people people come, yeah, younger people come along and, and go handle it a little better. Okay, well, well, let's let's dig into account some of the characters, all right? Yeah, let's DC. do it. DC. We got the Teen Titans. Wow. I do we like Teen Titans. Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Teen Titans is great. And then, you know, we got Wonder Woman. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of diverse characters in Marvel, too. But in DC, I feel like they are the underdog, but they're they're edgier. George, I got a lot to say, but I don't edgier. want to take what's away edgier from than, What's yeah. edgier than Deadpool? <laughs> I'm going to let you handle this one. <laughs> Raven. What, what's what's uh, the Dark Phoenix saga? That, that's crazy. Then you have the uh, the the bear saga that the New Mutants had, which I, th- I think they're making a movie on, mm-hmm. and that was like the first time they were doing horror for superheroes. Like that's pretty cutting edge, and what's uh, what's darker than instead of fake moodiness, like actual horror. Right. So you're you're helping out my side. No, no, no. X Men. X Men is Marvel. Is Marvel. What? When did that happen? Oh, you don't even. You know, you're not even in this. You don't, you don't know what you're talking no! about. No. I'm, not, I'm over here thinking, oh, y'all gonna know what y'all talking about, and I'm over here like, man, what's going on? <laughs> I think essentially what we're trying to say is, Merck, DC is definitely not trash. Mm-hmm. It's dope. It's dope. Like, don't get us like it's it dope. Is DC dope. is it's dope. It's cool. But if we're talking about DC and Marvel, Marvel's got the edge, man. Marvel got the edge. And they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. Marvel is great. I don't think that DC is quite there yet. But again, you never know, George. You could get a casting call for a DC movie where you're the star. (laughs) Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna burn all the bridges right now. (laughs) Marvel all the way. (laughs) Dude is so dope. Freaking Iron Man had a had a drinking problem. I'm like 12, going like, why is this guy so sad? (laughs) Batman's sad too. He's an orphan. His parents like died in front of him pretty much in the alleyway. Yeah, but that's like <laughs> that's like every uh, black story ever. Like mm. just because he's a rich white guy, I gotta feel bad. Mm. Are you getting it? But then Tony Stark is like the richest white guy. Why should I feel bad? Yeah, about because him? but he's not hiding it. He's just talking about about uh, he's just he just has a drinking problem. It's way more <laughs> like it suits a rich person more. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm totally fucked. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, you know, I I think. I think it's safe to say that we all agree that superheroes are cool regardless. We just, you know, have different tastes and can appreciate them for different things, yeah? We can agree to disagree. All right, let's move on to question two of this interview. Okay, so George, you ever play Super Mario? All the time. Okay, so you know when you eat one of those mushrooms to get like super big and super jacked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you ate one of those a couple years ago because you're like really big, blowing up hardcore (laughs) on the silver screen. And so before reaching hashtag movie star goals, <laughs> what were you doing before that? What, what was I doing before the, the mushroom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before the shroom. <laughs> Be, before, before, before I took uh, the shrooms, uh, <laughs> you know, I moved right from, from high school to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't really know anybody over in, um, in L.A. 
And uh, my parents, though, they were very supportive. So, you know, I told them I wanted to become an actor and the only place to do that is, is L.A. And then, and then I took the mushroom because <laughs> now I'm in the desert. And now, and now I glowed up. <laughs> you all glowed up and groaned up. <laughs> You're... What's, a, what's a role you really wanted but you, uh, but you didn't get? The new mid '90s movie. Oh, the, the skateboard part one that went to Knockhill Smith. Oh, that Jonah, that Jonah Hill. Dude, yo, shout out that movie it was just, it was my life. Yeah, I love skateboarding. I skated for like five years. Hey. You know, I even skated in uh, in 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 the land. But I definitely, I, I definitely, I, I was pretty bummed for like a, for a hot minute mm-hmm. <laughs> with that one. But you know, now seeing the movie, uh, you know, everybody's still they did a great job, and, and now I'm I'm a fan of Knockhill Smith. Yeah. I had another question for you. Um, originally, when we're doing all like this research and stuff like that about you, um, I think just something, and I hope this doesn't come off offensively at all. Uh, when you first see your name, I thought it was Jorge. I thought that's how I thought it was pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you pronounce it George. Yeah. But I thought it was Jorge because it's uh, spelled J O R G E. Do you typically get that a lot, or? What? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, like, why would that be offensive? Yeah. <laughs> Asking a question. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to know. <laughs> Is hey, that twenty eighteen? You, you never know. <laughs> I feel that. No, I thank, thank you. Respect, respect. Um, no, I get it. Uh, you know, I, when I was in like kindergarten, people would ask me, "Do we call you Jorge or George?" And I was like, "Oh, I like George." Uh-huh. So since everyone gave me the option, I was like, "George, George." And now I'm all famous and shit. And now people are like, "Is it Jorge?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, you guys, I didn't think this was where I was gonna be." Okay, <laughs> if now I would have made it easier for everybody. But um, yeah, what I like to do is, uh, I say George, but if someone calls me uh, Jorge, yeah, which is how you pronounce it in Spanish, Jorge, yeah, then obviously you can call me Jorge. What I don't like is Jorge, Jorge, <laughs> Jorge, whatever yeah. the hell that shit is. It's more like a if you can say it properly, then I don't correct you if you want to say Jorge. Right. But uh, otherwise, it's like, yo, I'm going to make it easy on you. It's George. And also, John, right? The name John starts yeah. J-O, right? Uh-huh. You got Joey. You got James. And then I don't know where you put you put a J in front of George, and now it's Jorge. Yeah. Every single time, mm-hmm. like I have no freedom over 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 how to finesse my name. Yeah. Have anybody? Uh, have any like publicists or anybody ha- ever asked you to go um, more by Jorge instead of George, just for you know diversity or whatever? Oh no, that's hilarious though. Like to actually tap into the Hispanic side. Yeah, I, I, it happens. I, I heard back back in the day it was. If I was going by Jorge, like, can you just be George? Yeah. That's 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 progress. Now it's almost, yeah, it's the opposite. <laughs> so we're asking all of our nerdish guests what they geek out about. So what's your fix, man? Anime. Anime is what you geek out? Yes! My hero right now is is destroying. It's it's international. Did you watch the movie? No, I haven't seen the, the My Hero movie. Oh, my gosh, My don't, Hero. Don't tell me. Don't, don't say anything. Like, don't, don't, don't say nothing. I won't say anything. <laughs> I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> Man, it's it's so freaking good. I'm so glad that you you like anime. And what were some other ones that you liked? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure looks nice. Devil Man Cry Baby. No, I'm I'm in this. I'm y'all y'all last. I'm gonna give y'all the, the, the deep deep. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Good. I mean, I can go on forever. I, I don't I don't really watch TV. I watch anime. So. You a uh, you a dubs or dubs or subs type person? Oh, it's uh every everything subbed. Everything subbed. Mm. Also, it feels like you get more like lost. In the anime, because they're way they're way more intense <laughs> in Japanese. Like, ah! you're like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> All he did was forget oh. your birthday. 
It's a fight sequence. Where are we going? This guy's purple. He's knocked out. So I don't know much about special effects in movies, but I gotta say the CGI in Bumblebee looks extra realistic, more so than the previous Transformer movies. So when you're moving, when you're shooting scenes with CGI, like what's that actually like? Like is someone there or? Um, yeah, there's like 40 people in the room, but yeah. uh, but um, as far as like, oh, okay, oh, you're like talking about like Bumblebee, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. The way we we did it in in Bumblebee is uh, we had a guy on stilts who was mm. up in the air like 10, 12 feet. What? And uh, he would stand in and do the blocking for for where Bumblebee would be. Mm. Clearly, they, they're never gonna use this take. Like this, he's not gonna be in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But we we do that one time just for us, like during the rehearsal, I guess. And then there'd be nobody there. But now you, you've you've accustomed to something uh, that's close to the same size. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's gonna do basically the same movements. So your next project. It's going to be coming out in February, as you mentioned, uh, Alita Battle Angel, and that's based off of a manga that by uh, Yukito Kishiro. So regarding that specific project, what's something that you, you want people to know about it, like regarding your involvement with it? Okay, I mean, what I want people to know is I know the anime community has been failed many, many times with, with, their, uh, with their anime adaptations, but there was so much care. I mean, I want people to know that James Cameron had hundreds and hundreds of pages of notes going into this that, and that Robert Rodriguez cares deeply about this. And you have two people who are at the top of their craft and are, are complete masters who, who care about this uh, as much as a community, if not more. So I want people to know, I, if you, I think we did it. I, I think we have it folks. This, this is anime adaptation done right. For sure. Um, all right. Our last question is something that we ask all of our Mama I Made It guests. If you could tell your less adultish self one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, I, I, I'd be super Mr. Miyagi. I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> I'd just be like, hey, you got it. You know You know what I mean? You got to just go through it. That's life. And then I'd go back to the, to the future. <laughs> Be, that'd be like the cheat. That's like, that'd be the shittiest excuse to go back in time. Hey, guy, figure it out. Right. <laughs> Bye. You can follow George on Insta at George Lindeberg, or even better, go watch Bumblebee and Alita Battle Angel when they come out. show i'm super stoked to see the next season of a show hosted by your boy young nige and little Merc called adulting <laughs> uh jokes on you because that's something you hear and not see oh my gosh all right what show rick and morty dude hey. i'm ready to get more grandpa grandson traveling to parallel universes action you know i want to see mr meeseeks and pickle rick season four where you at <laughs> to be honest i've only really seen like the first season but you know what is pretty fire the music. For real, it's hotter than Szechuan sauce. <laughs> yeah, but um, our guest today is the composer of Brick and Morty. Yeah, cue the intro music.
On top of laying down the tracks to one of my favorite shows, this man has also made music for YouTube Red's Good Game, The Simpsons, and Nike. So from LA, we've got Ryan Elder. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. So are we. Let's just hop it right into the first question. How much acid do you have to be tripping on to compose scores for the show? That feels like an acid trip itself. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's definitely a headspace you got to get into. Uh, but I, other than coffee, generally fairly unmedicated when I mm. <laughs> work on the show. <laughs> Lies. Mm. I know um, <laughs> Justin for the show, the, the voice of Rick. He does like a little like method acting sometimes. I know he did on like season two where he actually got drunk in the studio to like oh, do yeah. s- oh, to yeah. do that drunk rig. Yeah, <laughs> I ever... witnessed that myself. Oh, yes. you were you were there. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, was that you know like? he, when he does those burps. He said the only thing that can get him to do those burps right is light beer. Oh. He's like chugging light beer. So if he's doing a lot of burps, he's drinking a lot of light beer to make it happen. So. <laughs> So you were in there when he was taking shots of tequila? <laughs> I like tequila. That's the only thing I'll <laughs> So there's an episode where Rick himself is actually tripping on something. It's like crystals or whatever. And he throws oh, yeah. a party. And yeah, he dances with a bunch of people from all sorts of universes. Uh, he's jamming to a bop that you made called mm-hmm. The Rick Dance. The Rick let's, Dance. Let's hear it real quick. You put your right foot forward and your left foot back and slide around. Like on a Nordic track. Okay. Move to the left, uh. step to the right, okay. wiggle your elbows and look up into the light. It's the, it's the, it's the Rick dance. It's the, it's the, it's the Rick dance. Slow mo, you just hit me with the clock beam. It's the, it's the, it's the Rick dance. So. Generally, what's your priority when it comes to composing music like that for specific episodes? Yeah, that was in the script as like Rick does a dance called the Rick dance, right? And <laughs> I think the lyrics were in the script. And so I asked Justin and Dan, you know, what do you guys, what does the Rick dance sound like in your heads? Uh, and, and Justin was like, oh, watch this YouTube video of the Urkel. Do what? the Urkel <laughs> from Family Matters, if you remember oh that show. Yeah. Yes. So it was definitely like we're trying to reference the Urkel, right? So at that point, I'm like, okay, let's check out the Urkel. And so, you know, it's got this kind of old school kind of hip hop beat and a cheesy little chorus. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my friend, I asked my friend Lauren Hillman to sing the vocals on it. She's amazing. Mm. I thought you were about to say Lauren Hill real quick. I, I was like, I, I, thought, he, oh, yeah. I thought he was saying that too. But hey, shout out to Lauren Hillman too. <laughs> But not the Rick dance is a real bop though. Like when it came on, I remember I was watching. I was like, "Oh shoot! Like this really go." And now that we're speaking of like you know throwbacks, uh, I gotta ask a throwback question. So in addition to composing Rick and Morty's music, uh, you also composed something that a lot of us youngins were like, "OMG!" Let's hear a little <laughs> bit of that theme song. Well, you know, everything's gonna be a breeze. The end will no doubt justify the means. Can fix any problem with the slightest ease. Yes, please. But you might find out it'll go to your head when you write a report. On a book you never read. This will be a thing you can make your bed. Yeah, that was my show. 
So what kind of throwback vibes does that give you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when did I write that? That was in the late, uh, mid-2000s probably. So now it's got like a mid-2000s vibe to it, right? <laughs> yeah, and if you didn't catch that, that was uh, Wizards of Waverly Place for all y'all who didn't really watch yeah. Disney Channel. <laughs> I that's like a note, like, because I was probably, what, like 10, 11 <laughs> when that came out, like, and I remember, like, being in my living room, like, turning up to that <laughs> intro song. <laughs> turning up when you're 10? Okay. No, hey, that was a real turn up when, when I was 10. I'm just eating dry cereal, getting lit in the <laughs> living room. But anyway, I'm curious, like, what uh, what was it like writing that? Yeah, that's one of those songs, you know, as, as a composer, I think, uh, a lot of other composers might agree there's every so often you start writing a cue or a song or something that almost writes itself it just kind of comes out of you in a way that you don't have any control over it just starts happening when i sent it off to disney i really felt like oh this one's going to be good they're going to like this one and it, it worked out that's mm-hmm. tight mm-hmm. <laughs> so today we're talking about nerd ish and um i mean the fans want to know what do you nerd out about Oh man, so I am a super nerd. Yay. I can my I mean, look, before you start saying yay. <laughs> I Uh-oh. once played I once played on the Magic the Gathering Pro Tour. Oh my god. This was a long time ago. That's very nerdy. <laughs> I wow. also I also now play uh, one-day-long versions of the TV show Survivor for fun. That's one of my other nerdy hobbies. What? At the park, yeah. I have friends who will host these Survivor games at the park, and we all vote each other out, and it's Yo! really cutthroat. And it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that does That's not sound nerdy cool. at all. That sounds heckin' dope. <laughs> okay, well, I had to make up for the Magic the Gathering thing. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some requests that you guys got from the show writers that were memorable? So the first one that I came across, and this this is just the first time it happened, and then this kind of thing has happened many times after, is I uh, when I got to the animatic for the the episode where uh, Morty tries to get Jessica to fall in love with him, and all <laughs> all hell breaks loose. Uh, <laughs> there's a scene where Beth's coworker puts some music on, and he's like, "Hey, do you like that? That's African Dream Pop." And I was <laughs> and I was like, "That's all I got. There was no music there, nothing." And uh, so I had the words African Dream Pop, and that's it. What? And I so I called I called up Dan and Justin. I was like, "What is African Dream Pop?" And then, you know, <laughs> it's it's African Dream Pop. So my first step was let's listen to a lot of African music, and then yeah. let's listen to a lot of Dream Pop and find a way <laughs> to kind of overlap and figure that out, and then create the one and only song in the genre of African Dream Pop. So. <laughs> You're a pioneer in the uh, in the genre of African dream pop. I guess so. I guess so. Well, now I think it's time for the question everybody is wondering. What's the story behind the theme music of Rick and Morty? Yeah, actually, it's an interesting question. Uh, or I think it has an interesting answer. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Justin has, over the years, I've worked with him on several pitches he's done for other networks, animated mm-hmm. shows. And we were pitching this show to another network called Dog World, which was another animated show, but it was more for kids, where kind of dogs... It's a planet where dogs have evolved from men is kind of the uh, <laughs> short Cats? One. What? No, dogs. And uh, <laughs> he wanted a piece of music for that that had sort of a really dramatic, sort of energetic, adventurous, sci-fi kind of a build to it mm-hmm. that uh-huh. really exploded at the end. And so I wrote this piece, and he fell in love with the piece. Dog World, unfortunately, didn't go anywhere. Oh. But Dog fortunately Morty. for Rick and Morty, we still had the music. 
So when we started working on Rick and Morty, I said, hey, what about this dog world music? Why don't we just use that for now <laughs> since you love it and I love it and everyone loves it and just see, you know, if we can beat it later. And we never were able to beat it later. And uh, I think that music was destined to be on Rick and Morty, as it turns out, because that's that's the one you hear on the show. And it's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. One of my favorite um, musical moments on Rick and Morty was the famous song, Get Schwifty. Um, <laughs> they had to like perform that one for like the aliens so that they didn't destroy the planet. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Schwifty. Oh, yeah. You gotta get Schwifty. Gotta get swifty in here. It's time to get swifty. Oh oh, we gotta get swifty. Oh yeah. Take off your pants and your panties. Shit on the floor. So, <laughs> with lines like "Take your pants off" and "Defecate <laughs> on the floor," <laughs> I can't help but wonder where did that come from. <laughs> That's all, Justin. He is an uh, improvisational genius, and the story behind that song is actually really interesting. They made a little flash game during season one of Rick and Morty, Adult Swim did, oh. and in the game you could kind of control Morty and you go around and you go into Summer's bedroom and you find her iPod, mm. and on her iPod there are three songs, one of which is Get Swifty, oh the other one is, had been over from the same episode, mm-hmm. and uh, the writers just loved these crazy songs, so they're like, let's make a whole episode around these crazy songs from Summer's <laughs> iPod. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh so that, like, it started with the song the episode did. Yep, yep. They wrote the episode around those songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's heck of dope. So now we're going to hear one of my favorite songs of yours. That's called Let Me Out. It plays in an episode where Rick becomes a younger version of himself and he's going to die if Morty doesn't change him back in time. Let's hear it. Oh, hey, 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 Morty, Jessica, what's up? Check out the new dance I made up. It's called, ooh, let me out. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> this is not a dance. I'm begging for help. I'm screaming for help. Please come let me out. Let, let me, me out. out. Let, let me out. out. This is not a dance. I'm, I'm begging for help. help. I'm screaming for help. So I love that song for a lot of different reasons, but the jam definitely has this dope, funky beat. Mm-hmm. Where did you draw inspiration for that? Oh, well, you know, I'm from Minnesota, and all Minnesotans get our daily dose of Prince. So, hey. you oh. know, it was uh, definitely inspired by Prince. Should have known. <laughs> I, think it was bef- I think it was before he passed, but... Uh, mm. Rest in peace. Y- I've always loved Prince, and it was fun. To- I knew that I wanted... There was going to be a dance, kind of a dancey song, and we had done so much, like... We had done so much hip hop and old school hip hop, especially for dance stuff that I was like, let's try something new. And uh, I just got a funky beat and started playing guitar and bass over it. And it was fun. So based on what little you know about our show Adult-ish, if you had to write a theme song for our show, what would it sound like? Yeah. So I would say let's make it fun for sure 100 percent. gotta be fun gotta be up tempo maybe a little danceable even and uh you know uh i think i would do i think i would do some old school hip-hop you guys seem like you uh are vibing on that and i would start there maybe i'd give you an alternate version that's a little more modern (laughs) and uh let you decide between the two but uh yeah number one's gotta be fun gotta be a little bit unhinged (laughs) like my life Thank you. 
Ryan is on Twitter at Ryan Elder Music, and be sure to check out his Rick and Morty soundtrack album, which is out now. All right, then, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for credits. Word, and I'm not talking about Microsoft Word. <laughs> we want to send you a token of our gratitude for listening to Adult-ish by YR Media. Let me restart. <laughs> and we want to send you a token of our gratitude for listening to Adult-ish by YR Media, a national network of young journalists and artists creating content for this generation. First, let me shout out my co-host slash goober, Lil Merck Nguyen, <laughs> and our senior producer, the one and only Dorky Davy Kim. Also, props to my boy, Nige Turnkey Turner, who constantly is unlocking the swag, doing his thing in the studio. And thanks also go to the super smart Rebecca Smartin, our executive producer. And last but for show not least, Gonady Joe Johnson, the nerd on the boards making us sound so crisp. And he's also a dope musician, so check his stuff out on Spotify or Bandcamp. Just look up Stanley Ipkiss. That's Stanley I-P-K-U-S-S. It honestly means so much that all of you are listening to the show. And please subscribe if you haven't already and leave us some lit reviews. Yup, and if we get another 10 of them after this episode, we'll send you a handwritten letter using one of Burke's special pens. Yes, oh my gosh, please, my pens would love that. Oh, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> and last but not least, here's a preview of our next episode with someone everyone has died laughing to, at least if you were on Vine. R.I.P. Vine. Hey, but we got Demetrius Harmon, formerly known as Meech on Mars, on the Mama I Made segment of our next episode, Self-ish, when we talk about all kinds of self-care. And fittingly, he gives a sweet tribute to his mama. Like, I, I don't want to go to school if I don't want to even be alive, you know, so she would allow me to stay home instead of going to school because I feel like me going to school would have made it worse. You know, like, and then, like, she wouldn't tell my dad about me, like, being late to school and stuff like that. Just, like, a lot of things, just in general, as far as her to, like, help me understand that having emotions is okay. Sheesh. I think that's one of the most intense interviews that we've had so far. Like, props to Demetrius for getting real deep with us. Yeah, it was straight up chicken soup for the soul. Hey, oh, you remember those books? They were so good. Um, I didn't really read those, but I mean, now you got me wanting some chicken soup. Or not even like chicken, like I want some, uh, some pho gah. Oh my god. Oh, oh my gosh, you know how to speak Vietnamese. I'm so proud of you, Nige. You are dismissed from podcasting. You can go now, <laughs> eat your pho. Mama's very proud. Oh, you didn't know I knew that one, huh? No. No.